Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 322. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my very, very, very good friend, Case. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. I'm, I'm just putting the finishing touches on my bunker. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for this one. <laughs> All right, today's show, we're going to say hello to Brad Holmes. We're going to say hello, Dan Campbell. We're going to say, over here, Aaron Glenn. How you doing, James Urban? We're going to clarify the organizational structure of this uh, team like you haven't heard anywhere else because we have expertise that obviously nowhere else has. Uh, And I think it's going to make a whole lot more sense for you guys as to how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and have a really, really, really good comparison as to where this is coming from and how they're doing it. we got a really, really good show lined up. It's great, as a matter of fact. Case, are you ready to go, brother? Yeah. You know, I think the world's going to be fine. I just always like the idea of having a bunker. Let's kick this off and break it down. A bunker might be fun. I just, I just wanted to like have one as a kid, maybe hide and seek yeah, kind of for thing. sure. Yeah, it's kind of a fun thing. All right, let's get right into it. We're going to do this. Hello, everybody live on the stream, everybody on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. As you go a little later, I see Aaron over in the UK. Thanks for joining us, man. This is late for you. Appreciate you uh, making time for us. All right. We will start out with our man, Brad Holmes. I don't know if you've heard the name. He's a guy that we hired as a general manager of the Detroit Lions. Has a little bit of a experience with the Rams starting in 2003, various front office positions. In 2013, he got to be the king of college scouting over there. Um, hasn't had a first round pick in four years. Tell me, Case, why this was an absolutely horrible hire. Uh, he has no experience uh, being a GM. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, like any first-time GM, first-time head coach, whether or not it's good hire is damn near impossible to tell right now. Uh, I, I listened to his presser. He said mostly things that I like to hear. But just saying the things I like to hear, you know, I liked most of what I heard from Bob Quinn. And obviously that era didn't go so well. I liked what I remember from what I heard from when Mayhew got the promotion. And and I think everybody was on board for a minute, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's not like I can sit here and say I think it's a good or bad hire because I haven't seen him do anything. Yeah. I even even I haven't even seen him hire any coaches because he wasn't responsible for that final decision. I don't think. Sure. Well, he was he was involved. I'm sure. Sure. And, sure. And you know, during the and they even alluded to this during the hiring process, they talked about people that they would want to work with and people that they would choose. So they did have him weigh in on it, and they said that um, the next man we'll talk about was 
part of that list of people that he had on his list. So I feel pretty good about this Holmes pick. The one thing that, that I don't want to say it worries me, but if you remember when we hired Bob Quinn, Bob Quinn was the scouting master. He, he had yeah. done all the scouting for the, for the New England Patriots, and he was the one that found them, the talent. He was, like, single-handedly responsible for six-round Tom Brady. I mean, maybe we're stretching there, but you, you get the point. Everyone talked about how much of a, an, an excellent scout he was. And, God, if that wasn't the worst thing he could, he did, and the, his worst level of performance in his entire time in the organization, that was – it was an embarrassment, actually, more than anything else. For sure. Um, and that is one of the differences that you can see – with Holmes is there actually is a pretty solid uh, draft history. Whereas Quinn didn't necessarily actually have the, while, while he may have been the mastermind behind the Patriots drafting, it wasn't like the Patriots drafting was their strong suit. Um, whereas said it was him in the interview. <laughs> right. <laughs> whereas at least Holmes. And, and again, you don't even know it's, it's impossible to tell at this moment in time, how much, influence he had on the way the Rams have drafted, but they have, they've picked up quite a few impressive players, especially since 2013, his time um, as the uh, coach or uh, professional college scouting guy said that the, like he was the, the like scouting guy mm-hmm. in charge of scouting. So um, they've done a bang up job. I mean, it maybe not best in the league, but it certainly is better than uh, consistency than what we've had, despite the fact that they haven't had a first round pick in the last, what, four or five years here. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're able to continually fill your roster with young players, that's such a huge, huge benefit you yeah oh yeah absolutely and not not that that's going to blow anyone's mind me saying that but it what it is something that we have struggled with you know every year it's like we get one or two players who might work out but we need more than one or two players who might work out if we're not going to be able to spend big money in free agency and that i think actually that'll be the most interesting challenge holmes faces this year is his first time through free agency I think actually the, the, the most difficulty he's going to have, and thank you, Floundericious. We'll get to you in one second. Thank you so much for that super chat. That was awesome of you. Um, the, the biggest problem I think he's going to have is the lack of capital with which to work. I think the having five picks only, having, you know, a decent, we're a decent spot cap wise, right? But he's only got five draft picks. So wheel and dealing yeah. is going to be a little bit difficult. And then the whole question around Matthew Stafford. What to do, what not to do. Should you get a should you get a quarterback right now? I don't think you're going to get the quarterback that is better than Matthew Stafford now or in three years in, you know, at, at number seven overall this year. You don't have the picks to trade up. What do you do? There's we'll talk about that a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of action on that. Listening to Holmes, I don't know that Matthew Stafford is is leaving this team. To be honest with you, I yeah. know he's evaluating everybody. I think it's up in the air. 100%. I know there's a lot of talk with Phil Rivers doing the um, the retirement dance so that he can go spend some time making babies because um, <laughs> he just doesn't do that enough. Um, I think that's that whole thing going on is, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk, but it, look, if somebody offers you 50 times, this is, I'm stealing this from the chat. This might have even been flounder. If someone offers you 50 times the value of your house, no matter how much you love that house, you're probably going to sell it and you're going to go find yourself another one. that's just like it or build one or whatever else. There's a price for everything. I just don't think that Brad Holmes is in a position 
to sell on Matthew Stafford right now. I just, I just don't. And I think there's a lot of things going on. Uh, with building this team, if it, like you need a defense, <laughs> you have a lot of needs and very little capital to, capital to get it. The other side of it is is Matthew Stafford with single handedly basically won you five games this year with the worst defense in the history of the NFL. During this first part of the retool, I'd keep him on the team. I'd definitely keep him around for another year. And next year, you have a whole bunch more picks. You'll have time to have worked through your your, uh, your the wheels and deals you need to to get the capital to get your quarterback. That's that's and he's not going to cost you a ton of money in dead cap space after this year. Right. So. Right. 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 So that's where we're at. So Brad Holmes has a lot to do, a lot to work with, a lot to work on. Let me hit. Um, Flounder really quick. Uh, a little bit of romantics here. Thanks for whispering in my ear, telling me all the things I want to hear. Because sorry about my microphone issues, guys. I it's hopefully true. that's fixed. So it's what I like about you. Yeah, that was my fault. Case it was uh, a change. In, mm. There's 42 layers of settings, and when you change mm-hmm. one, sometimes four layers deeper, it changes something else on you. So thank you to everyone in the chat. All right, let's go on. We got Brad Holmes. We've covered him a little bit. Um, I want to talk about Dan Campbell here a little bit. Uh, unless you have more about Brad that you wanted to call. Oh, I have, I have more on Brad. All right, go like, for it. Go for it. Okay, I so I mean, specifically, we, uh, we are looking at his history because that's all we have uh, of the drafts of the Los Angeles Rams uh, and the previous iteration of the Rams. Um, back to 2013 is where I really started looking at it because that's when he became the director of... Uh, Pro scouting. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's his title. I yes. couldn't. I can't remember for sure. College okay. scouting director. So I mean, you're looking at every year since then, and while not every year was like a home run year, he did get. You know, uh, e- even in 2013, you have T.J. McDonald, who was a solid starter for a while. Alec Ogletree, who was a middling starter, but uh, and Tavon Austin, who who stuck around the league for quite a while, is still in the league, even if none of those were bang up jobs. But I think from there on, it gets a little bit better. You have Greg Robinson and Aaron Donald, and obviously we all know Aaron Donald, and I think that's uh, maybe a catharsis for some Lions fans. Obviously, it doesn't mm-hmm. fix the fact that we didn't get Aaron Donald and, and we got Eric Ebron instead. But uh, bringing in the guy who likely had a big hand in you know, the evaluation of Aaron Donald certainly hopefully builds some optimism uh, in the fan base in the lead up to a draft where, like you said, we don't have a ton of capital there. So we're going to have to try to bang out some, some every pick is going to be important in that draft. Um, Greg Robinson, who obviously we know was not good, uh, but has later in his career, at least, been serviceable here and there uh there's a few other there's other guys there's uh marcus marquise alexander and stuff Uh, you you obviously have todd Gurley in 2015 which um injury aside he's Mm -hmm. still been one of the better running backs since he you know came in uh rob havestein has been a crucial player for them um you've got 
Tyler Higby and Farrell Cooper in 2016, both fourth round picks. And that's what you like to see. You like to see those fourth round picks that are, uh, you know, blowing people away. So, I mean, uh, Farrell Cooper hasn't exactly been a star wide receiver, but he's one of the best return men in the league. Um, Then 2017, you've Gerald Everett, the tight end in the second round, and he's been solid. You have Cooper Cup in the third round. He's been great. Uh, John Johnson in the third round, also the safety for them, who has been fantastic. Uh, great. He's a big part of why that defense works so well. Um, and then, you know, evaluating guys from 2018 on gets a little more difficult, but I think every single player that they have drafted in the last three years is still in the league in some capacity or another. Um, many guys starting, no, nah, I shouldn't say many, several of those guys are starters for whatever team they're on. Uh, many of whom are still on the Rams. It's been a solid three years, even if you don't have they don't have, you know, the all pro type players in the last three years. Again, I would mention that they have had less than they they didn't have a first round pick the last three years. They didn't even have a second round pick in 2018. So um, I would hope that Holmes is a little bit more conservative with trading away first round picks can, well, than the Rams I, have been. Can but. I just really quick, and, and this is, I think, a, a, a point to jump in, and it actually, in the chat, it was, is, it's relevant as well. Um, they need to take the best talent available, not just a position of need like the past few, past few years of Quintricia, Brendan says. Right. What I think, and this is this is again from from the Slack chat. I think it's one of the it is the most intelligent lion chat on the internet. patreoncom slash Lions podcast. Um, I'll tell you what, straight up, they need to quit dropping talent and creating a hole they need to fill. They have to quit creating positions of need that, while you save a million dollars, have a player at three quarters the value of the guy you got rid of. Mm-hmm. Bob Quinn was the master of deconstructing the team, getting themselves slightly worse at every single position and doing that through his own idiotic moves of creating gaps in talent. Um, Brad Holmes does not appear to be a guy that's going to do that. Um, we saw a lot of great players leave. Uh, whether of their own uh, volition or you know the the teams, um, and create holes that then had to be filled. When you feel like, oh my god, we got a roster that's kind of close, it's like, no, let's create four more holes. That was the whole Quinn mo, and that's one of the key reasons why this team could never get ahead because we continued to get worse and worse and worse at position after position. It was it was just an an absurd strategy. And I'm sorry to interrupt, Case, but that no, that's story. okay. Um, I I agree with you for the most part. I I th- he's going to have a t- he's going to have some very difficult decisions to make uh, regarding free agents this year with Galladay and Jones particularly um, and I think that I would be concerned that he would overpay Kenny Galladay just to keep the fans happy that would concern I can't, me can't disagree I, that would be highly concerning um, but it, 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 well so so that's the tough part like you say i don't want to see the wide receiving core completely go to shit because we lose everybody and aren't able to refill it uh but would i rather pay a little bit more for alan robinson than kenny galladay yeah i would just from um, a, straight from a separation point right just from separation alone right yeah carter my dad painted that in college many years ago yeah, nice. <laughs> Thanks <nice>. for noticing. <laughs> Case said he was going to do a little bit of uh, hide and seek and Easter eggy stuff in the background. So 
I, I recommend watching watching every show where you have kids on board. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually do anything like that this week. But. Didn't you hang that painting? Wasn't that bare before? Well, that's it, that's been the last few shows behind me. I'm just trying to spruce up the place. Well, There's also a didgeridoo. You can only see the top of it next to my dresser over thanks, Carter. there. I right I now there. I feel like a jerk because I didn't even <laughs> recognize it. <laughs> Carter's all in. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anything else on, on Brad did you have that you wanted, uh, that you wanted to kick No, out? I think you that's pretty much it. Um, right. Like I say, I, I will, as I always do, will reserve judgment till I see what he actually does. Sure. So. sure. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say really quick again, I'm really stoked about what I have here at the end about this org structure, you guys. I think I've got something that I, I know I've got something that isn't on Twitter and isn't anywhere else. And it's going to explain Rod Wood and everything else. And I think it's going to make a lot of sense for you all as to how it fits together. This is this is something that you're not getting from other people because they don't have this kind of experience. I'm just telling you straight up. That's, that's, that's what it is. But I think it makes great sense. And then the tie back that I'm going to do with this is you guys are just going to just Boom. I, it came to me about 6 p.m. So I'm, I'm, I'm still a little formulating, still excited, like the whole thing. All right, let's get into Dan Campbell. Have you heard of his name, Dan Campbell? Former tight end. I've heard of him. Not only a tight end, but he's already been a head coach for a 7-5 and five record in Miami who went 0-4. Um, not bad. Had he had he taken over the Lions this year? That was year, a terrible team. Yeah, yeah. And gone seven and five, we would have called him absolute Superman, right? If Bevel yeah. had done that, and I know it's the, the numbers don't add up with where we, we fired uh, Patricia and, and Quinn, but had we gone seven and five at the end, it would have been absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, no, no, that, that that's pretty good. He's been a head coach. He's had the players, they lived and died for him. Um, he was assistant head coach and tight ends coach for the Saints since 2016. Hello, Dan Campbell. Welcome to the Detroit Lions. Case, tell me why you're excited. Uh, yeah. I. <laughs> How anticlimactic is it that I'm just going to say the same thing? I, I have no idea what to expect out of him. He's a first time. I mean, I mean he's not a first time, first time head coach. Uh, but this is his first time like truly holding the reins of an organization the way he's going to. And I think a lot of it, uh, when you get a situation like that, a lot of it always depends on who they're able to fill in around them. And I know that a lot of people are excited about the possibility of Glenn yeah. coming with him yep, from yep, the Saints. Yep. We, would, we would like to see that. And if he, his presence in Detroit is what brought us Glenn, that would be a good thing. That would be a very good thing. I think we'd all sure. be, that would give us lots of uh, room for optimism. If not, they're going to have to get creative uh, mm -hmm. with who they want to bring in. Maybe Wade Phillips, like you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait. I really do. Not, but, but, but you're going to see me. I'm going to go against my own narrative. I am. I'm going to do this later, but let's hit uh, Loretto really quick. Chris, you're more wrong than right about the creating holes. If you've got a coach who doesn't know how to develop a talent, it's always a hole. It's always a hole. Hey, <laughs> why not both, Loretto? Why not both? Well, I, I agree with him in a large part. I think that both of our last coaching staffs were not great at developing talent. I didn't think Caldwell was very good at developing talent at all, or his or the rest of his staff underneath him, especially on offense. Other than so, you Stafford. downgrade. You downgraded a position, expecting your coach to do his job, and your coach doesn't do his job. So you got the double right. whammy of right. what we saw here last week which is the way he wants it uh, right. all right we also got cliff in the super chat and and thank you again loretto for the super chat appreciate it cliff danimal said his first priority is bringing back the black jerseys now this is you know this is obviously key <laughs> is there a more contentious issue in lions fandom <laughs> this is key for performance but 
is it the right kind of key for the right kind of performance? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have PTSD about the whole black jersey thing. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I think they looked okay. I was okay. Um, I, I like the, I, I liked the sense. I, I like black as a color. I, I like what the, the color black kind of, it's a little bit more foreboding. Um, the sleek and the, yeah. No, yeah. The, 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 like, I love the blue. It's, it's great. The gray uniforms I was never a big fan of, right? The all gray throw color rush, whatever they had. I was See, like, and I, I like them, but I know I'm in the minority on yeah, that, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I think. I know. They're fun, but it's fine. It's fine. But the black, I just like how it's imposing and, and, and colors matter. Right. I mean, I remember they mm-hmm. used to paint locker rooms pink when they realized that it actually people were like physically less strong when they saw the color pink around them than when they saw the colors. It was really they, they physically performed at sure. a lower level. So they started doing that in locker rooms and they made rules around it and everything else. Crazy, crazy time. Sure. So. Yeah, no, I'm 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 down with the black. I'm also look. If you want to think about it from the perspective of, you know, it's jinxed or whatever else, right? And it's bad for the team. It maybe you should just not be a Lions fan because if you haven't noticed, they haven't won in a long time and they've won all different colors of uniforms. So <laughs> there you go. That's that's that yeah. on the uni. So I'm okay with that. Uh, all right. Dan Campbell, what does he bring? Well, he brings a leadership style, right? He ta- yeah. he He brings, he's authentic. And I think that's a key word here. That's a real shift. We talk about the pendulum shift between players from one side to the other. Authenticism is so important. You didn't have that from Matt Patricia. He tried to be what he thought a good coach was. He tried to drive players in a way he thought was good, but it wasn't authentic. People saw through him and it was, it was in a way very embarrassing where with Dan, Dan is Dan, right? And he, he reminds me a bit of Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel yeah, and I'm, you know, I know they can't run the drill anymore, but Mike Rabel says run the Oklahoma drill. He's going to be the first guy on the field running the Oklahoma drill against one of his players. He isn't going to ask people to do what he doesn't do. Dan Campbell's very much the same way. He's he's Danimal, as we know. Um, he's very, very highly motivated. He's very, very high energy. He's, you know, he's quite fit. I'll say <laughs> uh, my wife is massively in love with the uh, with the with the pick, much like the black jerseys idea. This is different. This is more <laughs> on the external kind of features. <laughs> but um, yeah, Dan, Dan looks looks like he's got the right stuff. This is a guy that, you know, you can you can talk about Vrabel. I think you can probably make some comparisons along with Sean McVay as well. He's a guy that knows how to drive players and to push them when they need to be pushed and when to give them a hug when they need a hug. <laughs> right. And you mentioned the pendulum thing, and I was going to bring that up, too, because we've talked about it many times before about how uh, when you have a, a coach of a certain style, be they, you know, the hard line of Patricia, uh, it's normal for an a organization to swing the other way. That doesn't in and of itself mean that that's a good thing. Um because as we've seen through Lions history, we've had a lot of these pendulum swings and uh, the concern will be, will the cerebral element of coaching be his strong suit? And again, I am not trying to be uh, pessimistic about it. Uh, we just don't know yet because we've seen so little of him in that role. Uh, you know, the decision-making on the field type stuff that will be that'll be what we're watching for, you know, week one. That'll be what we're watching for season one yeah. from Dan Campbell is how do, how effective is he 
on the field. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. More to be seen, and uh, the Danimal press conference will be tomorrow at eleven a.m. I believe. Now I'll tell you, we will have live coverage. It's not going to be right away. Okay, it's not going to be at, at 12 o'clock. Um, we're going to do it. It's more likely around four ish in the afternoon, three, four in the afternoon. Eastern uh, we will have coverage of the Danimal press conference and any other announcements that may be happening. Uh, so keep your ears peeled for those. And then I also want to talk about something that's changed before we get into some of these other guys. The combine for the NFL. Is not happening this year. And you talk about a difficult time for a head coach and a GM to evaluate talent. Do it a year without the NFL Combine, okay? They're going to have to go to pro days like crazy to see these players, and they're going to have to focus on the players that, you know, pro days that they attend is going to mean so much more this year. There's not going to, and the invites to come to uh, to Allen Park, I don't know if they're going to do that this year. That's going to mean a lot more. There's a lot less smoke screens in how this is going to be happening this year. But I'm going to tell you something that you guys should really, really, really pay attention to. Senior Bowl. It's still on. They're still playing a game. They're still doing, still doing practice. And we're probably the only people that are going to be right in there covering it. Credentialed media for the Senior Bowl. Guys like, um, oh, Nico, Nico, Nico. What's his last name? Help me. Um, I got I, one here. Mr. Sorry. Nico Collins. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Nico Collins, Collins, University of Michigan wide receiver. Big frame fella, right? Physical. Good, good hands, 6'4", 222, nice size. But he's a guy that's not projected to go too high because he opted out with with COVID this year. Guess Mm -hmm. what? He's going to be there at the Senior Bowl. He's going to be performing. He could definitely go from a a, a day three draft pick to a day two, maybe even better, depending on his performance here at the Senior Bowl. This is going to be interesting stuff to see. And we will have interviews of players Nico is one of the, the ones we submitted for on our list uh, throughout the week. We've got a whole week of Senior Bowl coverage, guys, and it's more important than it's ever been with the State of the Combine now. So we'll let you know what's going on. We have live streams. It will be uh, Sandman. It will be uh, Risden. It'll be myself, and we're going to squeeze Case in wherever we can as well to make that happen. His work schedule is a little wonky, though, and it, it kind of has him uh, in, in a little bit of a – as if his jockey were a bit tight. <laughs> <laughs> so no, and I, I think Nico will be an interesting guy for sure, just because I, I think there's a high probability that the Lions end up going after a wide receiver in the first round this yep. year. Yep. Um, but then I but then I think, you know, they absolutely have to switch the focus to the defense for pretty much the rest of the draft. So I'm if Nico is available in the third round, if he has a solid showing or if he's even available in the fourth round, that could very well be a pick that has influence in the future. So here's where Nico makes a lot of influence for the Lions and, and his, you know, let's let's talk about availability is important this year. Um, he's working out in Pensacola, so he's not up in Ann Arbor real super easy to get at, right? Like like some of the guys that were maybe local uh, in Ann Arbor, so in school and whatever else. But definitely want to watch. One of the things to think about, and, and I was 100% with you, Case, before we hired Holmes. First round wide receiver and then just bury four picks into the defense, right? Just mm-hmm. go blank deep into the defense. And um, the idea of Holmes being kind of a wheeler and dealer... Um, maybe finding somebody else who wants that seventh pick yeah, and getting ourselves some later picks. 
Yeah, that's where I would not be opposed to, to that at all. That's where you start to say, hey, maybe we're going to find a Nico Collins there. I'm not super excited about where how I see the draft falling right now. And again, it's early, guys, so let's yeah. not get too caught up in it. But about what's that's, available that's on yearly right for there. us. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. is yearly for the Lions. We just always end up at the worst like cusp yeah. where we can't quite get the blue chip player we want. Right. So we have to settle for something else because we aren't able to trade back. Yep. But if you think about this, it, let's just. Devonta Smith is small, but he's a, he's a name that everyone loves. Devonta Smith. Um, think about picking up Allen Robinson and Devonta Smith in in this draft. What that does all of a sudden, Matthew Stafford, who won you all those games with half a half a Galladay and yeah. and a you know the corpse of Mar- Marvin Jones, who's look, I, I give him a hard time. He almost had a thousand yards. Almost, I know. <laughs> Our tight end almost had as many yards. <laughs> no, I love him. Yeah, I love Marvin really Jones. Good. I love yeah. Marvin Jones. Um, but you put Allen Robinson out there and uh, like a Devontae Smith, holy cow, all of a sudden you've just lit the world on fire with his offense, DeAndre Swift, the whole thing. Um, real potential with just a couple of moves, and then you can really hit the defense. This is what I said in my vlog last week, that we may not be as far away as so many people think we are with this team. And that's why the retool versus rebuild that we're hearing from uh, Mr. Holmes is such a a, a possible starter here. Um, let me hit Loretto really quick, if you don't mind, Case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Loretto, thank you again for the uh, the super chat. Saints think they're a quarterback away now and have picks and talent they can give away. The only way you get great capital for Stafford is if a team only needs a veteran quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And that's where like a – and again, thanks, Loretto. That's where like a Colts, Indianapolis Colts, think they are probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other teams think they are. Um, the Saints are in real big problem. They're like thirty-five million over in the cap, right? They're, they've got a they've got a whole implosion. Yeah, waiting. I don't think they can afford Stafford. Um, they also, I I do think they'll. Uh, what's his name? Their their backup quarterback who does everything. Um, I will not be surprised if they run uh, offense primarily through him next year. Um, what's his name? What's the dude's name? He does everything for him. Wait. Takes snaps at QB. Oh, uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. And no problem. I got, I got you, bro. I got you. All right. So there you go. Okay. Again, and I, I don't want to hit. I'm just really stoked about what we got coming up here about this organizational and Rod Wood and all this. I think mm-hmm. people are all wrong. I think you guys are, are, are some of the smartest listeners on the internet. I know that. But um, there's so many people on Twitter that are just so wrong. So wrong. All right. Um, let's talk about really quick Aaron Glenn, uh, for, former cornerback in the NFL, uh, ended his, his career with the Saints after two games. He had an ankle injury that ended the, the season for him, and he wound up on IR. Um, coached around, wound up being the secondary coach for the Saints since 2016. He's there now with Danimal. Um Dan is really high on this guy. I mean, he he came in ready to go. What's the downside? Well, if you think about it, you got yourself some some Holmes, you got yourself some Dan Campbell, and you got yourself some Aaron Glenn. There's not a whole lot of experience there, so you start to start thinking about what what does this mean? What could this be? Uh, where are you on Aaron Glenn, Case? How do you feel? Well, I mean, he was a head coaching candidate in for New York this year. Uh, they went with Selah, but. I mean, he, if you get somebody who's on people's list as a potential head coach to come in as a, as a coordinator, that at least looks good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know enough about his schemes, his stuff. You know, again, 
the whole theme around this offseason, around this coaching staff and front office so far is new and mystery and not really knowing what to predict, to be honest. Uh, so it's, it's really difficult to guess for sure, but uh, he certainly has a solid track record with what the, the uh, excuse me, the Saints uh, secondary has been doing under him the last four years. So there is no reason not to like that idea. He's certainly one of the guys with uh, hype around him. And would I rather have a guy with hype around him than a guy that nobody likes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we did hire two guys that had all kinds of hype around him in Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. And, and, and hype isn't necessarily it. And remember how disappointed everyone was when we had to settle for a Caldwell because we couldn't get the whiz, whiz and hunt. Yeah. Caldwell outlasted him. Right. So the hype is not necessarily the, the way you want. The, the reality is, is evaluating these guys is probably about as difficult as evaluating a quarterback in the NFL. There's all kinds of things there that you look at, all kinds of tangibles and intangibles. But, man, is it difficult to get right? It is so difficult to get right reliably. So we'll see. I like the idea that Dan knows him. Let's see what Joe B has here. Do you think that Codan the Barbarian can bully Stafford into staying? I don't think he has to. I really don't think yeah. he has to. Um I don't think, you know, a lot of a lot of fans have been saying for years and years and years that they saw that that they thought they saw the writing on the wall that Stafford was going to leave the Lions and yet he hasn't. They've been wrong every single time. That doesn't mean they can't be right eventually. Um, but I just don't think I think Stafford likes playing with the Lions. Yeah. I don't think he likes losing with the Lions, I think but I think believes- he likes being where he is. I think Matthew Stafford knows the value of winning in Detroit and what it could bring. This that is really the epitome of a career in the NFL right now to win in Detroit. There's no team. Yeah. I think the Browns this year were were great and the story was awesome and they, they didn't quite make it, you know, to where to the end point. But you talk about great yeah. Sorry, Riz. <laughs> you talk about a great story. <laughs> Whether Case likes them or not, it was a great story. To be the one that turned around a team like Detroit. Your name will be forever etched in the history books, like turning the Cubs around. Right. It's that kind of a thing. Matthew Stafford believes and has believed that it was it was possible. What you need for Matthew Stafford right now, your your, your two choices are he retires. Right. Or he buys in and believes. Okay, that's I don't think he's going to trade away. I really, really don't think he's going to get traded away. It it is an option. You're going to hear a lot about Denver. And Detroit and Denver chasing Matthew Stafford this year. I just don't think I think it's one of the dumbest things you could do as a new GM is trade away a franchise quarterback for an unknown because the the quarterback is the tell me one team that wins without a quarterback in the NFL. Not one. There yeah. is not one. And if you don't have a top 10 quarterback, you ain't, you, you ain't flying. So yeah. where are you going to find a top 10 quarterback to replace Matthew Stafford? You can't do it this year. You can't. I just don't see him letting him go. So that's what leaves me with the two choices of Matthew either retires early and, and then we have that narrative to deal with, or he's convinced that this is a thing and he wants to play and he figures out how to be here. Um, we'll see. I, I, Matthew Stafford's not a, 
not going to, he's not a half-asser. He's not just going to show up and, and not yeah. do it. He's either going to do it or he's not. And that's what you're going to get out of it. And him. just one last thought on the topic. Joe also mentioned he thinks that Kelly doesn't want to be in Michigan anymore. And I, what is the actual evidence that anybody has to prove that to be true? Because I haven't seen it. I've seen her be frustrated with the team. I've seen her be frustrated with the NFL. But I don't think that means that she wants out. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying maybe maybe she does. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I just I feel like people are reading too heavily between the lines there and coming up with their own narrative. I'll tell on you, Kelly. I'll, I'm going to tell you something. Having traveled to Michigan and back down now to, to, to Florida, where we currently call home, there's one thing that is significantly different. And knowing that how much they travel. Right. And how, how often they see different places. I'm going to hold up a picture I took this Saturday. Okay. And I'll see if it will, if it'll work on the camera and get focused in on that's breakfast mm-hmm. in Florida. There's, there's no distancing. There's, you know, the, the, the staff are wearing masks. You wear masks going up to the tables or whatever, but it was, it felt like 2019 having breakfast there. I don't focus this back. Um, and I'm going to tell you, we don't go out. We, we stay, you know, in our places, but it's been like that since July. And this place should be on fire with with the, with the sick if it's if if you know that's going on. I feel like she probably has a sense of isolation, and at that age, I can totally get where you don't want that sense of isolation, especially somebody who's used to being out, being noticed, being around town, parties, all that kind of stuff. Right? There's a lifestyle that's associated, and yeah. that's, that doesn't happen there. Okay, I can get the sense that they want to go somewhere where maybe they have more freedom to do that. I'm not here to debate what's right, wrong or whatever else about that whole the whole virus thing. That's not what we're here to do. I'm just showing you a clear difference between living there and living here and how you get to live. We just again, we don't go out much, but we went out for breakfast and that's what it looked like. And it was like, wow. Why aren't we all dead? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I just That's think the pontification the about, about fans trying to say, figure out what Kelly is thinking about Michigan itself or about Detroit or about mm-hmm. the lions. It, it, when we just don't know. And, and I'm not trying to, poo poo the, the idea of conversation about it because, you know, that's, I mean, obviously if we didn't have, uh, if we didn't just, spout off our own theories about things. There wouldn't be a show. There wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, be anything to talk about as fans or anything like that. So I'm not trying to, I just, Mm -hmm. I never quite understood why so many people are so convinced that she wants to drag him out of Michigan. I just haven't seen the evidence of that. Give me a name lions for life in the chat. Give me a name. I just want to trade Stafford. We need to get a dual threat quarterback. Tell me who we get this year. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I want to want a really quick hit on James Urban. Uh, he interviewed today for the offensive coordinator position, uh, quarterback coach for the Ravens. Uh, I know he's a favorite of Chris Robbins because um, Lamar. I'm, I'm teasing Chris. Don't let me don't let me beat you up. Um, and then he was a quarterback coach at the Eagles from 2009 to 2009 to 2010. Wide receiver coach at the Bungles from 2011 to 2017. Um, Comes with good pedigree. Again, though, now let's just say we hire Aaron Glenn, which isn't finalized yet, but it sounds like it's a deal. Um, James Urban comes in, and you think about that whole experience thing again, and you're like, huh, has anyone here written a playbook before? <laughs> right? I mean, what is, is, right. Is, is Stafford going to be out in the huddle drawing plays on his palm while, <laughs> before they go and run him? Like, how, how is that going to work? That's the one thing 
that causes a little consternation for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, James Urban. In I was waiting for a question. Some folks, I've heard, I've heard folks say that it was a, a satisfier for the Rooney Rule. That may be, but I don't think the way they're doing this process is is is. That is just a after. gross, ugly way to look at the world, in well, my opinion. But hey, it's it's. I think in some cases it's honest. I think it's an honest to God truth, and it is what it is. In you know, for you know, it's just the world we live in today. What I don't think is that that's what happened with the Lions with that interview this year. I think the Lions have a process that they're running that's been very, very competent looking. And this, again, I said this in the vlog, you can't come out on the uh, press conference. The worst thing they had in the press conference with Brad Holmes was his lip smacking, right? He was a little bit nervous, right? Got a little going on a lot while I was talking. But other than that, he guy was gold. He had it all, right? And the thing I talked about for those that watch the ball is the, the crazy eyes from Adam Gase when he got his, his first interview. He was trying to blink uh torture, torture. Uh there we made we made a we made a small mistake. Uh Urban isn't black. I I thought we were talking about Holmes, but Oh, 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 oh. Check that. Are we sure? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. Okay, but. okay good. No, because I saw someone mention that and I just I just made the assumption. Okay, yeah. my bad. So it's so even even more so we didn't hire him for the Rooney Rule. <laughs> I've heard before. I've heard the the train of thought about Holmes uh, and it just being a diversity hire, and I think that's a gross. Like I say, yep. I think that's just a gross way to look at the world. So um, my bad. I took somebody else's statement that I read about that being a Rooney Rule thing. And I just assumed that, oh, okay, some, I hadn't seen this picture. I didn't remember him. I've probably seen it. I just didn't remember it. I just said, okay, yep, that's, that's you know, somebody. We can admit when we're that. wrong. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Good times. Good times. <laughs> All right. So there you go. He didn't satisfy that. So we have more interviews to go. Uh, <laughs> there. Put out of the pan into the fire. Um, I want to talk really quick about, before I get into the org structure, uh, unless you had something else you wanted to cover there, Case. No, no, we're good. Senior Bowl. Um, really quick, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Head on over there. Get yourself some of the uh, the best stuff you're going to find for pain, anxiety, or insomnia. Those three things. It is the bomb. Get you to sleep. Get you not to have anxiety and get you rolling. If you get the non-Delta 8 non-chill line you're going to be able to operate your high low at work you're going to be able to drive your car you're going to be able to have a good time no problems it's good if you're looking for something that people typically associate with that plant <laughs> you're going to want to look for the chill line also known as the delta eight line um the first time if you get the gummies just take one please don't go thinking 20 minutes later i don't feel nothing and take another one just Get your sense. Get your. Get, get, get your, get your I made that mistake. <laughs> get your get, in college, kids. In college, there's a time and a place for to try new things. It's get you. Get yourself understood. Get yourself understood before you do it. And uh, great stuff. Legal in all fifty states. All fifty states. It is legal. Great stuff. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Pain, anxiety, and insomnia, and just for a good time really the delta hit stuff as well um cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com use the keyword lions the coupon code lions you get 55 percent off of everything there you go yep lions rumble 81 hell yeah delta eight fly as a pilot all right i want to talk about this org structure there's been a lot of people talking about Oh, Rod Wood, he said he doesn't, like, he doesn't know anything about football. That's five years ago. He's been up in the front office. You learn a thing or two over the course of five years of doing something every day at the highest level. That's fine. Um, 
But Rod Wood is the top dog of this organization. He is in charge. Okay. You have a GM in Brad Holmes who reports to Rod Wood. You have a head coach in Dan Campbell who interestingly reports to Rod Wood instead of the GM. So they both report to Rod Wood. And then you have to have Mike Disner, you know, your football ops, caps, et cetera, that kind of stuff. He reports to Rod Wood. All right. This is something people are like, Rod doesn't know football. How's this going to work? This is something much, much more like a, uh, an organization, a corporate organization. If you think about it, you've got your, you know, you have your research and development, you have manufacturing, you have sales, you have your GNA, right? Which is your, your HR and IS and IT and all that stuff right in the, in the middle. You know, they're, they're kind of in those towers. Okay. So what happens? Well, R&D, that's probably your Brad Holmes role, right? <laughs> Manufacturing, that's, that's, that's probably your uh, Dan Campbell role. Uh, sale, that nah, GNA, really. That, that's your uh, Mike Disner role. Okay. Those three guys all report to the CEO. The CEO is nece- isn't necessarily an expert in all of those areas in any organization, right? Those top leaders run those businesses themselves and have to work together. And R&D has to be able to come up with a product so that manufacturing can create it, can make it, and so that sales can sell it. They all have to work together. They all have to create their piece of the product cycle so that the company is successful. They have to work together. They have to apply resources, assets, everything else in order for that whole organization to succeed. And often a good CEO will have creative conflict amongst those people and drive them to say, why, why is this happening? So let's, let's put an example out here. Okay. Um, player X is on the board. Case is on the board. What's he going to do for the Detroit lions? Well, Holmes, he's going to step up and say, look, Here's the talent that Case has. He's a little slow mentally, not a high football IQ, low lung capacity, not really good at the bench, but God darn it, people what like him. What is he good at? <laughs> God darn it, people like him. Right? No, I'm just giving you a hard time, Case. But he talks about the talent. What do you have in a player? Where's his skill set? Where does he exceed? Where does he excel compared to others, right? Where is he ranked on the availability scale of, of who's best or not best to do this role? He's the one that tells you what kind of talent. He's your R&D, right? And then you think about it, Campbell, right? He's like, I don't need Case. I don't need case. I don't need a guy that people like. You know what I need? I need an immovable object. I need Chris. <laughs> I need a guy. Oh, wait, I got Tavai. I don't need that. Let me get somebody tall. I need Riz. <laughs> I need this guy for this position to make my scheme work. This is what we're missing. So he can argue with Holmes about, we'll go back and use case as the example again. I don't need that. Or I do need that. That's perfect for my, my, uh, my scheme. And then you have Disner coming in and saying, well, hold on, guys. Case is way too expensive. I mean, here's this other guy, you know, Holmes, you were talking about um, Sandman, right? And he's almost, you said, as good as Case, but he's half the price, <laughs> right? What kind of investment can we make here to get, we could get Sandman and we could use all this that This is the best money. analogy you've ever made. Thanks. This is really Thanks. good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Sandman in and we'll have all this money left. Uh, to uh, to fix the Wi-Fi. And I always pick Rod Wood. Pictured Rod Wood yelling out the door while he's got the router restart. Martha! 
what? Did you try to turn it off and turn it on again? Wi-Fi over there, poor people. Anyway, so they're, that creative conflict, they're working with and against each other, knowing that they have the same set of guiding principles, the same shared goals, right? They're working together, and you have the best in each of their areas weighing in with the top level of knowledge in each of their areas to give you the best answer for any of those things. The other thing is there's three of them. So if you have to take to a vote, you don't need Rod Wood to be the tiebreaker, right? So it is really those three. And this is what they talk about when they talk about collaboration. This is what they talk about when they talk about putting the, the organization together in a way where they work together and drive towards a culture. This is exactly what, what they're putting together here. Nobody wants to show up in that, in that meeting and uh, not have done their homework. No one wants, no one can take a, a, a day off. They have to be the top of their game in their meeting, in those meetings, right? No one gets to screw the organization on their way out. Okay. It all comes to this group of people working together to do what is the best thing for the organization that day. Um, and I guess if it comes down to it, Wood does make the ultimate decision, but he's got all the information from the very, very best at what they do to help him make those decisions. I love this organizational structure. I absolutely love it. And all the people out there crying about Ryan Wood doesn't have any football knowledge. Oh my God, he doesn't report to here. You guys don't get it. This is why they're, they're structured this way. This is why. And, and Spielman is probably uh, Wood's trusted advisor. I, I would absolutely expect that. That's his role, much like Wood had for the Fords. Wood now wants somebody just like that. I love this. I absolutely love this. Well, that was wonderful. Um, <laughs> and I agree. And, and we didn't uh, hire you. Sorry, Case. It's <laughs> all right. I'm going to the Rams. Um, but I think, uh, I, I think especially true, just given the youth and inexperience of the group coming in, if it, it makes sense if you have a legacy coach or a legacy GM to give them you know, ubiquitous, uh, omni, omnipresent power. But when you're dealing with a bunch of guys who haven't done this before, trying to give one guy too much power is just gonna, that, that sets you up for a higher degree of failure than if you're putting in fail safes. Um, there can be issues with, I mean, I mean, look at, uh, politics, uh, and we're not going to get Please into don't. politics. <laughs> okay. We're not, but but you know what I mean. Like like there's inefficiencies in a democracy, just by the nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. If there's there's too many people who want it this way or that way, it can create inefficiencies. Mm -hmm. So I, I, in a perfect world, you have somebody like a a Bill Belichick. But that's just not a, a reality that most teams would ever be able to function under. Um, and, and having and uh, Holmes talked about the collaborative effort that the Rams built. You know, he talked yeah. about yeah. everybody getting a voice and then all trying to row the same direction and situation. And if that's if he's able to uh, help install that, even if he isn't, you know, the be all end all. That's great. That's yeah. what we want. And then, you know, if he's successful over a long enough period of time in doing that, then continue to give him more and more, you know, leeway and more and more power. And then that that's good for everybody at that point. But until they reach that point, it doesn't make sense to throw all your eggs so heavily in one basket. 
And the other thing this tells me, and this is pure speculation, but this is, this is about accountability as well. You can tell when somebody isn't doing their job well. You know when someone isn't doing their job well. When everybody rolled up through Bob Quinn, you know, Rod, Martha, they couldn't figure out. They didn't get word whether it was an inability to develop, an inability to draft, a combination or what. They got a story, but it was a co-opted story that was kind of probably the story was like, how can we cover our tail? Oh, it's Quandre Diggs's fault, right? It's Darius Slay's fault. It's something else going on than reality. Now each person has to be accountable for themselves and what they did and what they do every day there. And you're going to very quickly be able to see people who aren't performing and who can't perform. And you're going to be able to find where the problems are and replace them. Not that that's what you want to do, right? But you at least have that visibility where you didn't before. Everything was obfuscated before and had to, had to filter through Bob Quinn. So you got Bob Quinn's spin on everything that came in. Also, I just realized that I need to call Bill Belichick a benevolent dictator now. <laughs> okay. Throwing out the history jargon for those of you who big, you know, history people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to hit amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Anytime you go to Amazon to buy anything, use that amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. They give us a kickback. Also, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. It's not just Lions goods, it's every sport, college and pro. Jerseys, hats, you name it. It's all the official licensed real deal. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use that. They support us. Give us a little chunk of the profit on that. And uh, never costs you any more to use either one of those. So we appreciate everyone who does that. All right. I'm going to now tie this together. Okay. Again, this all came up at six. So some of this is kind of off the cuff. I'm flying by the, the seat of my pants a little on this. But there's a conversation out there. And we, we, we touched on it as we named each of these folks. There's a need to hire an experienced experienced coach. That's what everyone's talk about, right? What do you do with, if you, if, if we don't have an experienced coach, if you have James Urban as your, as your offensive coordinator and Aaron Glenn as your defensive coordinator and Dan Campbell, he's, he's really not coached. He was seven, seven and, or five and seven with the, the, the Miami and Holmes. He doesn't know. Nobody knows what they're doing. Absolutely. Right. That is a concern, but I will tell you I'm going to argue against experience a moment here, which is I'm just doing this not because because I'm going to be contrarian. I'm going to give you a wider field of view to, to make your own decisions from. OK, so that's why I'm doing this. Does that investment in the past hurt you with what the Lions are trying to bring here? And here's what I'm talking about. Say we brought in Marvin Lewis. How open is he going to be to a collaborative effort? My man, my, 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 my guy, Wade Phillips, we talked about him early. I love him to death. How collaborative is he really going to be? How good of a fit is he going to be in a group of folks that everything is based on working together and pushing the organization forward and sharing control and sharing the knowledge amongst amongst each other to make those best decisions. I don't feel like that's a place where Wade Phillips or Marvin Lewis is going to thrive. So again, I'm not arguing against experience, but people that have a tree or a way that may actually really be working against them 
in what they're looking to do here. They're trying to create, and this is where uh, I saw it earlier. I think it was Lions Rumble that said it. I want to give them credit. If it is, I'm sorry if I if I if I mess this up. Um, they said I'm absolutely tired. You know, oh, we tried the Patriot way. Now we're going to do the Saints way. This, for once, looks like. The Lions way <laughs> they're doing this is it. new. It's yeah. all new. This is their way. And I want to I'm going to tie it back now. And, and in case we'll go for it, you can go. You can run all over it after this. Um, there was something that happened at Ford and it's something that saved Ford uh, after World War Two. Hank the Deuce was in charge. Henry Ford II. We're getting really into yeah. history today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the auto industry. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> loved my time working in that industry. I would I would go back if I could. Um Either way, Hank the Deuce was in charge of Ford and things weren't going great. And he brought in a, a, a set of people. They were known as the Wiz Kids. Um, y- y- kids today may not know who uh, Robert McNamara was. Um, he was a pretty important guy. Uh, and and then he wound up in you know the U.S. The US government in very important places. But um, there's a large there's a group of I think it was ten guys and they were known as the whiz kids and they pushed the design they they really were the seeds of the 50s and 60s for the success of ford they saved the company and and changed and 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 and, and changed the way cars were made and 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 changed the way that manufacturing was done and they were guys that were one was like a um now i'm like a statistician right they weren't car guys none of them were car guys but they absolutely rethought the way to do manufacturing, the way to do design, the way to run a car company and changed Ford Motor Company. Now, this is really a convenient fit because it's Ford, right? And you got Hank the Deuce and all that. Um, But now here you are with a football team that appears to be following that whiz kids model. And I'll, I'll tell you, I had a great book. It got stolen. And I, I looked at Amazon to find it. I, I can't find the original name. There's one called whiz kids, but it's crazy expensive. I don't think that was the one, but if anybody finds it, please email me or hit me through the contact form on the website or whatever. Um, it's about the whiz kids. And it was one of the best books I've, I've ever read on, on business and rethinking business and re- reinventing the way you do things. It was, it's absolutely fabulous. I, I honestly believe that um, Sheila is thinking about the experience, the history of the company and the success of the company and what they've done to turn the company around historically when things were bad and boy, were they bad here. And this just kind of absolutely fits right in that mold. It's something completely different, but something we saw almost a century ago. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting to me. There you go. How's that? Yeah. It's a history. You wanted history. I got. Well, you. I was going to say. I was going to say. Everybody, <laughs> tune in to our new podcast, the Detroit Lions uh, History Podcast, <laughs> where we cover any and all. You know, oh, do the man. do the Ottoman Empire next week. And... <laughs> oh, is, are we drafting a guy named Ottoman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Otto Graham Empire in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right, Flounder. It's fun and exciting, but it's super rough and dirty like hockey. It's a low, low margin business, man. Mm-hmm. Billions and billions to make small millions. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, with that case, um, the Senior Bowl is coming. You guys tune in. Watch the YouTube channel. I swear. Hit the like now if you can. Also, subscribe. We're going to be going live a lot next week, and it's going to be often with very little notice. Um, we're going to have footage, film of players we're going to do breakdowns of players and their practices of the day we're going to have interviews live interviews with the players we've got a ton of amazing things coming 
that you're not going to get from it. Everybody else is going to be covering people like us who are covering the senior bowl. They're going to be covering and giving you opinions and thoughts based on stuff like we're giving you with our direct look at what's going on in the senior bowl. This is going to be a great year. And without the combine, this is the look you're going to get at these players guys. So, so bear with, do all those things, hit those likes, hit those subscribes, get in there and we will make sure to get you as your humble lion servants. Well, we're not so humble, but we love doing it. So what the, <laughs> uh, your humble lion servants will get you all the greatest and latest information we can, including, as I said, we're working hard for that Nico Collins interview and that's on the list right now. Um, anything case you want to hit real quick before we go tomorrow? No, I think we I think we've, we've really kind of outdone ourselves today with our, really, yeah. our depth. <laughs> <laughs> we did 20 minutes of prep. Now we've, we've gone over the top. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell your friends to subscribe too. And thank you, Lions Rumble. Really appreciate, really appreciate it, man. That's uh that's nice. Love the subscribe. This the subs. Those are very, very important and help us out a lot. Uh, senior Bowl tomorrow. We'll have the Dan Campbell, uh, uh, response later in the day and maybe some other things that break tomorrow is other news. Uh, we'll have all that and we'll probably pop in in the weekend and so on. And, um, it's, it's gonna, it's just on, it's on. I actually, it's, it's just on. We've got a long week ahead, so it'll be good times. Uh, there will be well, well rewarded alcohol in the end. All right. With that, Case, thank you so much, man. As always, it's mm. love, love it. Likewise. All right. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback, but also on Patreon. Don't forget about us there. We stopped the whole intros and stuff in the beginning so that we didn't bore you before the stuff started. So now we're telling you about it. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. No questions about it. Uh, you want to know where the real stuff is and where the... You know, there's a free point out there right now. So it sounds like Dan Campbell wants to run the, bay, the run the ball and play good defense to win games. But that's not the way the best teams in the NFL play. Should fans be happier? That's, a, that's literally a free press <laughs> title right now. <laughs> they want to run the ball and have defense. What fools? This is the, the, it, it's free for a reason. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> They're trying to charge you for that crap now. <laughs> Head on over patreon.com patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast get the real deal with real people intelligent it's okay to disagree we definitely disagree but um, we do it respectfully great great place the best on the internet Um, that's our slack chat you get that when you become a patreon subscriber also forgot follow us on twitter at det lions podcast det lions podcast the best place to see case Going out on top. That's right. It was calling Skype. I thought it was going to be a bunker thing. Detroit mm. Lions podcast, all one word, or in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can... What are we going to do this time? Show up. We're going to show up. We're going to come in your ears. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> automagically. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you. So close to perfect. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.